Thank you for listening to the Faith Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for the 8th Sunday after Trinity, August 7th, 2022, is preached by Pastor Jason Goodham. If you have questions or comments regarding today's message, please call the church office at 612-824-5527 or visit our website at faithlutheran-aflc.org. Good morning again. Special welcome to those of you who are visiting us this morning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would at this time invite you to stand as I read the gospel lesson appointed for this Sunday. The sermon text is taken from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34, can be found on page 1618 in your pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. Reading in Jesus' name, Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. And Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Heavenly Father, these are your words, and your word is truth. We pray that this morning you would sanctify us in the truth, that you would convict us of sin in our lives where that is necessary, and that you would comfort and encourage us with the promises of your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today, Jesus does something that perhaps no one else in the history of the world could pull off. Now, granted, Jesus makes a habit of doing this in the Gospels because when you are the Son of God, you do things like that. But this one, as compared to the other things like it he does in the Gospel, this one made me chuckle just a little bit. Today in the Gospel lesson, Jesus preaches a sermon on one of his sermons. That's what he's doing here in Luke 12. Last week, we covered the parable of the rich fool. We saw the folly of hoarding one's possessions and living as if there was no God. Today, Jesus explains the significance of that parable in yet another sermon. And in doing so, he extends his teaching on idolatry. And so today, we turn our eyes back to Luke 12, and we consider the idolatry of worry and of fear and of anxiety. And as we do so, we first ask, what's going on in the text? What is Jesus doing? As he's commenting on the parable of the rich fool, he says, therefore. 
So everything in verse 22 that follows is an explanation of the parable of the rich fool. And as such, Jesus is continuing his teaching on the proper attitude towards one's possessions. Jesus explains, God knows what you need, God is willing to provide it for you, and God knows what he's doing. There's no need to worry because of this. Now, now we might think here, if we were in a bout of anxiety or if we were plagued by worry, someone walking up to you saying, don't worry, that is probably the worst possible thing anyone can do. Oh, well, pastor, I'm worried about this. Oh, okay, I have the solution. Don't worry. But, but Jesus, in doing so, doesn't leave us hanging with what we should not do. Jesus reminds us of what God has done. And we look, God cares for the birds. And more than God caring for the birds, in Luke here, God refers to the ravens. And what's so interesting about this is that God not only cares for the birds, but he uses birds to accomplish his purpose. If you remember back to the Old Testament, God used ravens to deliver Elijah his food when Elijah was worried. So there's a really interesting connection with that. God cares for the ravens. God cares for the flowers so that they're more splendid than Solomon in all his glory. And what this means is not that simply God is good, and he is, but as God does this, he most assuredly does and will continue to care for you. The focus of our lives should not be on the material and the temporal. That's where worry comes from. The focus of our lives should be on the eternal, on the real need that God has provided for. So what is Jesus' sermon about? His sermon really is about idolatry. Worry is the extension of idolatry in our lives. Idolatry is belief in the wrong gods. Worry is not trusting or believing in God. It is the sin of unbelief. It is still breaking the first commandment. But Jesus handles the application of this second sermon much gentler than the rich fool. You'll remember that last week Jesus called the rich fool the fool, accusing him of atheism according to Psalm 14 and pointing out that this rich fool was living his life as if God did not exist. Jesus is still harsh and direct here, but not as harsh. Again, right in the middle of the passage, he calls his audience, O you of little faith, and that is a diagnosis of the problem. Jesus is not ignoring the issue. He's not pretending it doesn't exist. But then he immediately turns and starts treating the audience with gentle words. He calls them little flock. Jesus reminds these worriers that they are sheep under the care of the good shepherd. In fact, they are sheep under the care of the greatest shepherd. 
Ezekiel 34 tells us, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. The application of all the shepherd passages in the Old Testament that Jesus makes for us here today is that in the midst of our worry, what we are really doing is looking around wondering where God has gone. Where is God? What is he doing? Why can't I find him? The application is God is the one looking for us as we are lost, as we have wandered astray, as we have no idea what we're doing. God is the one doing the searching, not us. And then we have the cure for unbelief, the cure for worry. And this is where Jesus points back to himself. Now, worry and anxiety are the buzzwords of this passage. They are what jump out and off the page. But really, the word we should be paying most attention to is the word consider. Jesus says it twice in verse 24 and in verse 27. And this word consider is an invitation to carefully study something so that you might learn about it. So consider, Jesus says. And he issues the invitation to consider, and then that is to step away from the hustle and bustle and distraction of life and to refocus on what really matters. What do we learn when we stop and consider? We learn that God the Father has things under such control that he's able to watch over both the birds and the lilies of the field. That God is the ultimate and perfect micromanager. Every little thing that happens on earth all the time is under the direct care of God. Which means God knows. Jesus spells it out. Your Father knows you need them. You need what you need, and God knows about it. What we miss out on when we're distracted and worried is that there is an even greater need. A greater need that God has fulfilled and is designed for our comfort. And that is the kingdom of God. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's one of the sweetest phrases Jesus utters in the Gospel of Luke. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Verse 32 connects it all together. If you look at verse 32, the first words of that, of that verse are, fear not. God desires to give you the kingdom, and he says, fear not. And here's the reality. Every time in Scripture that either God or God's messenger says the words fear not on behalf of God, an absolution has occurred. Forgiveness of sins has been promised. When Jesus says it is God's delight to give you the kingdom, Jesus utters the phrase fear not, and what he wants us to see is himself 
How do we know that God wants to give us the kingdom? It's because of Jesus. Jesus is here. Jesus has come. God has been promising his kingdom from the dawn of human history. We read this morning from Genesis 15 where God promises Abram the kingdom. But it goes back even farther than that. It goes back to Genesis 3 where God tells Adam and Eve that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the seed of the serpent. God has been planning for this. And now Jesus is here. The march of human history from the beginning of time is God's free and willing promise that he would redeem us. That he would save us at the cross of Christ. God willingly gives us the kingdom because he willingly sends his son. And he does this to prove that he loves you. 1 John 4, 9 says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In your fear, in your doubt, and in your worry, the invitation of Jesus' sermon this morning is for you to stop and to think and to ask yourself the question, does God love me? Does God care for me? And the answer to that question is always proved to you by Jesus Christ on the cross in your place. The answer to God's love for you is always delivered to you during the service every Sunday morning as he gives you the word about forgiveness. As he baptizes a little one into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As he gives you his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Does God love you? Absolutely. And it is with that reality that Jesus' appeal and command is to stop worrying. All of our objections... I'm struggling. I'm hungry. I can't provide for my family. I don't know what will happen next. All of that are answered in God's solution to eternity. Jesus Christ for you. If God is capable of conquering the sins of the entire world for all time, God is capable and willing of providing for you. And so then the final question is, what should I do about it? The answer Jesus gives, and this should be no surprise coming from me, is to go love your neighbor. The answer is to take what God has given you and to love your neighbor. He says, sell your possessions. Not as a prescriptive thing that we all go out, liquidate everything we have, and just wait for God to magically provide for us. That's not the lesson here. The lesson is to use what God has given you to love your neighbor. That's the lesson. This is not what we owe God for saving our soul. This is what God has freed us to do because he has promised to provide in abundance. Because God's love for us never runs out. And so, the entire focus of the life of a Christian is on Jesus Christ in the cross. The cross 
In the empty tomb are the answers to your worries and cares and frustration right now. Because in the here and now, you can rest assured that God loves you. The cross and the empty tomb are the answer to your sin and shame and desperation because in Jesus Christ you have been washed clean by his shed blood. And the cross and the empty tomb are the answer to your freedom to love your neighbor instead of yourself because God has given you everything you need for life and salvation. Jesus is God's yes to every single one of your prayers. Jesus is God's answer for our question, do you know what you're doing, God? The answer is yes, of course. Jesus is God's proof to you that it is his good pleasure to give you his kingdom and everything else. Fear not. God loves you. Amen. And now, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.